It's time for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. He is the most connected man in Washington, D.C., the man on the ground who was at the debate last night. All right, there was a report that came out that when Bernie Sanders made the line about America sick and tired of hearing about your damn emails, that the media room burst out in applause. Is that true? Applause? No, it was laughter. It was laughter. All yeah, right. there's nobody applauding in the media room. We're too busy typing away and writing. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what I read on the Internet. If it's on the Internet, it's got to be true, Jamie Dupree. For crying out loud, where have you been? Yeah, no, there was no applause. I mean, a couple people. Well, that's why I ask you. I wouldn't have asked the question if I had doubts about that, although it wouldn't shock me that the news media loved the socialist. Well, frankly, they were all socialists on stage last night. So uh, anyway, how was the tell me about the room? Tell me about uh, being there. Tell me about the spin room after. What did you what feel did you get? Observations. Here's what I was. Here's what I was struck by the most um, was with about a half hour to go. uh, There was a sense that I felt in the room like, okay, this is boring. We know where this went. Uh, Hillary Clinton had the advantage early on. It hasn't really changed. It was like the air was out of the balloon. You didn't sense like that there was some great excitement that something might change at the end or something like that. And then in the spin room, uh, there, there was just no buzz in the spin room. It was very flat. And the fact that, uh, for example, Martin O'Malley came in and didn't stay for very long, I thought was pretty much what you needed to know about his performance yesterday. And, uh, you know, there was just this sort of feeling in there that it was really a Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton show, and the other people were just along for the ride. I think that's more than anything else. That's the feeling I got. And the Clinton people afterward, I mean, look, we all know they're spinning. I get that. Everybody well, gets that. Well, it's called the spin room for a reason, right? Yeah, but there was, I sensed uh, in, in the Clinton people a genuine feeling of relief and that they were really, really excited that it went better than they thought and that they really feel like that they took a step forward there. So in that sense, you just got the feeling that it was, it actually, you know, it was a good few days for Hillary Clinton after a number of bad ones. She came in Monday, went over and did that rally with the union workers over at the Trump Hotel on Monday, then a good debate for her yesterday, and today she's still in town, actually, doing uh, uh, events, a union event, and then a rally this evening in Vegas. I would assume she's probably doing some fundraising out here today. So this week probably went a lot better than some had uh, had thought. I think the one thing that I that did not happen that I thought would happen was uh, Bernie Sanders was not aggressive as I thought he would be in the debate. Uh, he, he seemed to be on the defense uh, a number of times and uh, did not really swoop in. And, of course, he let Hillary Clinton off the hook on the email question as well. Yeah, that, that probably was the surprise of the night. What's amazing to me is how openly socialist the Democratic Party is, has become. I, I made a list last night of, you know, the Democratic, Democratic debate was basically who's going to give away the most free stuff. We've got, let's see, free college, expand Social Security, free child health care, family leave, childhood education, a new New Deal, uh, get child costs down, expand Social Security and Medicare for, for the poor, uh, pay more to the poor for Social Security, in-state college tuition for illegals, undocumented workers, get Obamacare subsidies, and, and that's just the smallest. Yeah, and you know, I, what I find interesting is sort of set, stepping back and looking at the long view of the, the Democrats is this, Sean. Guns, to me, is, is a perfect example of an issue that eight years ago was still causing Democrats a lot of heartburn. You know, you had Hillary Clinton back then tacking more to the right than anything else. And now, that, along with all those issues that you just rattled off there, things have gone much more to the left. And I think in recent years, you know, there's, there's always all these stories, well, the Republicans have gotten so conservative. Yeah, the Republican Party has become more conservative, but you know what? The Democratic Party has become more liberal as well. And I think last night's debate really showcased that, as you mentioned, on a number of issues. And it's, it's, not, it's not just sort of one wing of the party. I mean, uh, you know, the Democrats, uh, like the Republicans, 
uh, have been successful in getting rid of sort of one wing of their party. The, the Republicans have done a good job getting rid of the liberal Northeast Republican. Well, the Democrats have done a good job getting rid of the Southern Democrats, the more conservative Democrats. And it's allowed both parties to move more to the side. And I think we really saw that last night with the Democrats. The single most asked question I've been getting from people from last night through today is, do you think she can win? And my answer is... Yes, she can win because the electoral map does not favor any Republican candidate. When you start out without New York, the electoral votes of New York, New Jersey, California, Oregon, Washington, likely not Pennsylvania as well, uh, likely not Wisconsin or Michigan, even though they have Republican governors. I would argue that they're probably in play. You've got to run the table and get Ohio and Florida. Uh, of course, you have Texas, but that means you have to you have to win North Carolina. You have to get in states like Colorado and New Mexico and New Hampshire and Iowa and hopefully Virginia. I mean, it's a it's no. The map is the same as it was, you know, uh, uh, the last election when Mitt Romney had to do those exact same things that you just mentioned in terms of winning North Carolina, winning Florida. You want to win Virginia. You know, the the Republicans have almost become uh, uncompetitive out in California uh, and New York when it comes to presidential elections, and that does put them at a disadvantage. I, I you know I don't think that anyone should write off the possibility of uh, Hillary Clinton winning. On the other hand, I think I do think, Sean, that for both parties, you can just about have any one of the top candidates in that nominee, in that nomination position, and they can still win as well. That's why you see some of these polling numbers showing Bernie Sanders winning, or why you see some of the polling numbers of Donald Trump w- winning, uh, because we are divided along those state lines. And realistically, there's only about eight states or so mm-hmm. that are truly in play in terms of a presidential election. And you know, Nevada is one of them right here. And that's why this state moving up into the early voting states has become so important and such a big stop for Democrats and Republicans. And you'll see an awful lot more attention What the Republicans will be back out here for their own debate on, I think CNN said last night it was December the 15th is when that debate is going to be out here. So the Republicans have a, a debate coming up two weeks from today on the 28th. That'll be in Boulder, Colorado. Then they have one on November the 10th in Milwaukee. That's a Tuesday. And then they have one on December the 15th, the Tuesday uh, here in Vegas. The Democrats their next debate is one month from today in Iowa. That's on a Saturday. And then uh, the Saturday before Christmas is their next debate in New Hampshire. A lot of fact-checking has gone on. A lot of things that were said last night were not true. Well, that's, that's no shock. That's, uh, that's called part of the uh, political process. Uh, I think that, you know, look, the, uh, uh, both parties are very good at, uh, at uh, massaging the truth. I don't think there's anything major that happened, though. But certainly Republicans, I think, will be combing through every single thing that a Hillary Clinton says at any of these debates and looking to turn it around against her in the months ahead. Clinton, apparently, according to the AP, did not say the truth. She said, I hoped it would be the gold standard. She didn't say anything about mere hope. She roundly endorsed the deal and said it sets the gold standard. So that was a big thing. Uh, Sanders saying almost all new income and wealth is going to the top percent. That wasn't true either. Uh, He's relying on outdated data from 2009 through 14, the richest 1% captured only 58% of income growth. The other thing that wasn't discussed last night is how much the rich pay. Top 1% pays, what, nearly 50% of the taxes? Bottom 50% none? 10% pays nearly 90%. And then one thing that was not discussed last night often was the bottom line, how much will it cost when some of these things were being discussed? You know, I, I do think now as you step back, you know, Bernie Sanders, we've talked about this for a while, has been very effective in raising money. He's, a, he's not far behind Hillary Clinton. He's been very effective in, in getting lots of people to his events. But last night, I don't know, the more I think about it, was sort of a missed opportunity for him. It's not that he had a bad debate or anything like that, but I just thought that he had the opportunity to really press forward a lot more than he did. And it'll be interesting to look back on this debate in a couple of months and, and sort of wonder, was this the, the moment that Hillary Clinton began to really exercise the dominance over this race? Or was it just a blip? Well, I mean, it really couldn't get any worse for her. I mean, she dropped 10 points in a week. She lost 40 points in Virginia. Every poll has her down. 
And, uh, you know, now she, as you point out and have been pointing out on this program, the drip, drip, drip of the emails, that's not going to stop just because Bernie Sanders... No, be back next week. You're absolutely right. And so, you know, she, she sort of got off easy last night from uh, her fellow Democrats. I thought one of the most interesting exchanges was the non-exchange about the emails that she had with uh, Link Chafee when Chafee was uh, presented on a platter by Anderson Cooper to criticize her. And then he turned to Hillary Clinton and said, you know, do you have anything to say? And she just said no. And the crowd uh, erupted in big cheers for her. And, you know, I, I, look, she'll be ready next Thursday for that Benghazi hearing with, uh, with arguments that she made last night and she's been making for the last few weeks. That, in a sense, for her is going to be like another debate, Sean. It's going to be a very political uh, day before the Benghazi committee. Big time. Um, did you see the New Yorker release the Obama campaign's memo on how to take yeah. down Clinton in 2008? And the bottom line is they had decided her greatest vulnerability was her character. And they came up with a kill Hillary strategy, as they describe it in, in the New Yorker. And it began with this memo that was written by several campaign officials, including Axelrod and Pfeiffer and Pluff and and the rest of them. And the entire document was published for the first time. And and they went after her with a vengeance. And I've got to imagine that whoever the Republican nominee is, is going to study this document in all of its detail. And if they were smart, they'd follow it to the letter. Well, listen, I, I mean, I think they've been trying to do that. That's sort of been the game plan right now, don't you think? It's been to zero in, and, uh, you know, you've documented it over and over again, to zero in on these things that raise issues about whether or not she's been straightforward, about her trustworthiness. We've seen it in the poll. So whether, uh, w- no matter what they tried a couple, uh, eight years ago against her, that's, it's still here. It's still a part of this campaign. I don't think it's going anywhere, and it's going to be brought up in a debate and uh, by outside groups as well if she becomes the Democratic nominee. A couple of interesting observations I had was Hillary's tight embrace of Obama, uh, he, she name-dropped Obama more than anybody else. Uh, the pressure is mounting now for Biden to make a decision. Uh, there's no indication he's getting into this race now. As of right now, I don't see it happening. And, and Bernie Sanders spent the night on, on defense, and I thought he had a very hard time explaining his gun position and a very hard time explaining what a democratic socialist is. Yeah, and not only that, but there was one, there was one moment during, I think they were talking about foreign policy at one time, and and Anderson Cooper turned it back to Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders didn't seem to be paying attention. And then uh, he said something like, pardon me? And uh, he just seemed flat-footed on foreign policy stuff yesterday. And it, it, it reminded me a little of what happened to Donald Trump in the second debate when he sort of disappeared during one segment about foreign policy. And uh, if you look, Hillary Clinton had a good debate last night. I don't know how, how it's going to rebound in the polls and whether it's going to make a big difference. But I, I do think that he... Uh, she put him, Sanders, Hillary put Sanders on the defensive much more than anybody thought. His gun answer, it sounded like a politician's answer. Yeah. It didn't sound like a Bernie Sanders answer. You know, even the New York Times, you had Frank Rich tweeting out last night, just like last CNN debate, women questioner reduced to a cameo. And then David Itzkoff, who's the culture reporter for the New York Times, added, hey, if Don Lemon can only ask about black people and Juan Carlos Lopez can only ask about Hispanics, Wolf Blitzer should only get to ask about wolves. I mean, there was a lot of criticism how once again CNN marginalized the, the other people on the panel and especially the women on the panel and, and having Don Lemon ask the Black Lives Matter question. Could you believe that answer by Bernie Sanders? I was It's stunning. Do all lives matter or black lives matter? I I would argue that all lives matter, Jamie. I would not want to be one of those questioners because I just think it's a no-win situation. Nobody's ever going to be happy with how you did it. I did think it was interesting that Anderson Cooper, you know, we talked yesterday. Listen, that's that's liberal criticism. That's not conservative criticism. 
Yeah, but I thought it was interesting how he went after everybody right at the beginning and and uh, really hit at Hillary's trustworthiness in the very first question and started in from there. Well, he but, had to because he because he was aligned with the Clinton Foundation and and that that was the lead on Drudge for most of yesterday. And and you know where we go from here, uh, that's that's to me the the big question is can Bernie Sanders move it forward and regain momentum and really start to close because I do think that he has that geographical advantage up in New Hampshire that obviously Hillary Clinton is, has had troubles in New Hampshire before. And, uh, you know, even with all of her problems, even with her going down in the polls, you still look at the real clear average for national polls. Hillary Clinton is still the leader by a large amount. All right, Jamie Dupree, I know you've been running from one plane to another and one interview to another. Thanks for taking time to be with us today. We appreciate it. Should be fun next week, Sean, when we get back to the speaker's race. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Another World War breaking out in politics. We'll continue.